This is a crowd podcast. You're listening to Fucks Given, the one with Danica from 50 Plus a Tip. Oh, hello there, Reed. Hello. I feel like we did the breathing at exactly the same time. <gasps> hello. Uh-huh. Ready to talk. <laughs> and hello, Florence. Your name is Florence. My name is Reed. I forgot to slip that one in. Yeah, this is our names. This is who we are. <laughs> now it's just become too weird. Okay. Cool. It's really weird. What's been going on, girl? Um, I, you know what? I don't have much of an update. Um, I had a really good therapy session this morning, which was so good. Amazing. Um, and I'm feeling that. really good today. My arm isn't hurting, so I've managed to get back on my my, my workout routine rather than just doing yes. other stuff. So yeah, um, I'm feeling really good about that. What about you, Florence? Yeah. How are you? God, I'm happy because... I don't know why I'm putting on an accent. <laughs> it's too um, easy. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy because I'm having sex again. Yeah, like it just means so much. It just like having a regular lay and mm-hmm. like a regular partner is. So wait, wait, wait. Lovely. We need to hold up. We need to say good sex because having lots good. of crap sex is still just as lonely and isolating. Oh my god! Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like I was having that at the beginning of this year. Yeah. Like when I got back to London, I was just having bad sex after bad mm-hmm. sex. Not that I and I didn't have it that. And I actually didn't have it frequently, but every time it was like eh so it's really lovely to be in a situation where I'm connecting with someone and having good sex that's like super connected as well yeah, yeah it's, like a really can't put words sexy on sexy eye contact moments you know oh we love some mm. of those is this is this the same dude from the party I mean I don't know why I'm asking because I know it is but I meant to like open up the conversation to the date but would you want to talk about the date or do you want to save that for when you do actually go horse riding? Yeah, so we didn't go horse riding. Mm-hmm. So we, we did this VR escape room, which was my first time ever doing VR. Yeah, VR is oh, fucking insane. My God, like I'm an Assassin's Creed fan. So when they were mm-hmm. like, there's an Assassin's Creed escape room, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Sign <laughs> me up. Mm-hmm. Sign me up, please. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, it was so it was so fun. And it, I like when I looked down and I had hands in this VR world and yeah. like I could see my were, like, feet glitching. and like, You're like my like, you know, I don't know, all the clothes. <laughs> I was so, I was so fun. Yeah, would highly so recommend fun. people to do VR at least yeah. once, like proper VR, like go to a place, have a whole headset yeah. and like be in a room and shit. It's, it's a great date idea. Yeah, I really recommend is. it as a date, even though you're kind of in separate place, like, cause you both go into like your little pod, but then you're in each other's ears and your voices are all like echoey and- Yeah, cause you can, <laughs> you hear each other and communicate. I, I took Sam yeah. for his birthday last year and it was just, it was so fun. And we also, they were filming us being like normal on the outside, but we think we're, we're in this like crazy world. And then we're yeah. just there like, oh, Oh, you're all, like just looking like so weird and awkward. <laughs> so um, without further ado, we're going to bring on Danica from the podcast 50 Plus a Tip because she yeah, is an are. amazing sex working badass. So yeah, mm. can't wait to chat to her. Bring her on. Holy shit. Danica, hello. It's hey. so lovely to have you on the podcast. How are you? 
I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk with you ladies. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. You're super, super interesting. You guys have been chatting on the gram, right? Yeah, it was like a an Instagram contact. Danica reached out as we are in the sex worker realm and you have an yeah. incredible podcast about sex work or is it is it dancing? Is it stripping specifically or is it the whole genre it's the whole gamut yeah it's sex work kind of as a whole and then every once in a while we'll jump out and have some squares come on to talk about their sex lives and um for example like trend and yeah like squares yeah i I guess i i feel like i maybe coined this it was like a nicer way of saying like a non-sex worker but then it doesn't really sound that nice sometimes but like civilians i quite like that though yeah because I feel like sex workers are like round or I yeah. don't know, Curvy. like wavy, <laughs> non-sex Squeaky. workers are square. But then everyone who's listening to this, who's a non-sex worker, they're like, I'm not square, please. Yeah. 100%. Danica, please, could you tell our curious fuckers a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so name's Danica. Uh, stage name was Danica Darling. Don't do as much stage anymore, so... I've, I've dropped the darling part. Uh, I'm, pred- I'm a sex worker, obviously, predominantly a stripper. I do private parties, dom, and escorting. Um, I don't know if you um, lecture your guests on the difference between escorting and prostitution, but... No, but we should get into that. Like, we, we need to know. Please educate us. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, obviously, escorting is paid time. Prostitution's paid sexual services, right? So here, especially because we have a Nordic model in Canada, not to bore your <gasps> listeners already. No, you don't. Okay, for for everyone else out there, yeah, that's fucking awful. Every for for anyone who might not understand what the Nordic model is, which is what they're trying to do in the UK as well. Mm. Um, please explain what the Nordic model is. Yeah, I mean, in like in short, it's bullshit. Um, it's, <laughs> it's this weird yeah. way of like of sex work being legal, but then so many aspects of it are illegal. Yeah, Yeah. because it's basically, again, it's legal for us to have sex for money here in the UK. But with the Nordic model, people who would buy it from us could be arrested. Right. Um, And it would it would it it helps no one and nothing. Um, And they're they're trying to make it out that it like stops trafficking, but trafficking and sex work are two very different things. How would that stop sex trafficking? I don't, if anything, it would make it worse. I have no fucking clue. Yeah, if the buyer's the one that's getting in trouble, then obviously the only people that are going to be doing it are the sex traffickers and like doing it underground and like more shady. You push it underground and then it makes it harder to report anything. Like mm-hmm. if, if I saw something dodgy going on, I don't know how so safe I would be as a sex worker reporting it because they could just turn around to me and be like, you're a sex worker, you're doing this, that's illegal, legal, blah, blah, blah. And then I could be the one that gets the finger pointed at. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it's the same. Oh, well, it's the same in so many other countries where people like sex workers want to fight against all the negativity and all the horrible shit that happens on in the industry, like any other industry has, but we can't fight against it because we're at risk too. And again, we're not taken seriously by the police either. So um, I've heard horror stories of like literal violent acts happening and the police coming there being like, well, you shouldn't have been a sex worker. Like you were asking for this. 
Yeah, like yeah. it's which I mean, victim blaming. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not anything new for anyone who's yeah. fem- female identifying in the community or female presenting. Those mm-hmm. phrases yeah. of like, well, you asked for it, you shouldn't have done this. Mm-hmm. All the onus is constantly yeah. on the female presenting person in most yeah. situations, which... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh so my god! I, even... I literally had that. Someone said to me the other day. I was on the phone to my friend, and mm-hmm. I was talking about like a really dodgy message that I got. And his mate chipped in, was like, "Oh yeah, but what did you do though?" Uh, yeah, how do you have social mm. media? <laughs> You're asking for it. Like, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you post provocative images, mm. of course people are gonna go there. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah, work in the sex industry. Um, I do want to highlight as well also people of color and in the lgbtq community are even more at risk Mm. um it just it goes on forever i'm mixed but i definitely work to present as a white person because i know that i can if i play into that aspect it is safer that's really crazy though that you have to do that in your work and not okay at all yeah i mean i don't definitely don't have to but enough Mm. times of people calling you racist slurs you're like Okay, now this is fucking mm. up my bag. <laughs> so, and I'm sick of like That's having to so fight fucked. every racist piece of shit that comes in. So, um, yeah. yeah. I actually wanted to ask you, because you mentioned about um, the difference between escorting and prostitution. Um, and in in my sort of realm of sex workers, we don't use the term prostitution because that comes with a huge like barrage of crime and negativity and stigma and a stereotype so we try really hard not to we we say like we're not prostitutes we're sex workers because as soon as you well we found as soon as you say prostitute you you instantly think of all the negative shit you've seen in the movies and the films I, i suppose it's the same with pimps and that is that is illegal in the uk um but it's all depicted like so fucking bizarrely and that's only such a small percentage of what sex work is no 100 i mean who the hell am i to tell someone the vocabulary they should use um full i've i've noticed in the community here prostitution people are now calling it full service sex work like Mm -hmm. fssw is more the term people are using now uh prostitution in legal sense is what they they use the term prostitution uh, that's the only reason I typically use it. Um, yeah. And also, I'm, I'm very much someone, like, I don't really give a fuck if I say something and people take it the wrong way. Like, in that mm-hmm. sense, where, like, if I know I'm not wrong and you want to think, like, same way, like, when I always joke, like, well, I'm a whore. And people are like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing nothing wrong. What, providing sexual pleasure to people? Like, doing, like I'm, I'm, I have no shame in that. Um, yeah. Also, I think it's a very telling people's reaction when I say certain words that might have a shock value, their reaction to it. I'm like, okay, yeah. you're my people or you're probably not my people. Um, mm-hmm. But I also do like to stir the pot a little bit. I, I'm a little cunty like that, to be honest. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I typically use sex work as an umbrella term um, for mm-hmm. all avenues of sex work. So like when you said, what am I? I say I'm a sex worker. I'm predominantly X, Y, and Z. Um, mm-hmm. The reason I do that is because I like addressing it as an umbrella to kind of unify the community. And also yeah. because there is this, what we call a hierarchy um, or a whore hierarchy of, you know, non-contact <laughs> yeah. uh, dan- <laughs> non mm-hmm. dancers are better than contact dancers who are better than cam yes they show their vagina i have found this than, yeah mm-hmm. you know x y and z right um which is funny because over the almost decade i've been in the industry like the hierarchy like lineup has changed which is funny mm-hmm. it's like such a bullshit thing in the first place and now you're like well actually we switched it up <laughs> let's do this one now yeah but it's anyways. like women who shit on other women and it's like where's the sisterhood 
Yeah, well, and not, not and even not even talking about sex work. No, as as a group, as females, I think society does benefit a lot from us um, hating on each other for sure, um, which is a whole other thing to address and something to take down. But um, yeah. Yeah, for, so for sex work, I use that as an umbrella term because I think, one, it unifies all of us that, hey, we're all doing something in this industry. And also, mm-hmm. I think it's important the nod, the, the labor aspect of the job and that it is a job mm-hmm. because as sex workers here in Canada, we really have, like, no labor rights, even as strippers. Um, you know, someone wow. just doesn't like you at the club and they like the manager and the managers they tell the manager, fire you and you get fired. Like, you have no ra- legal ramifications that you could, like, go through to, to address that. Um, so... Yeah, I think kind of addressing the work aspect of it is another reason why I use the term sex worker. But again, yeah. it means different things to everyone, right? So, Yeah, I guess it's it's an interesting one with prostitution because it shouldn't be the negative word. And I understand why people don't use it. But I guess like by saying it and being like, it's actually okay to say this word. It doesn't have the only negative connotations are the ones that people are putting on it because the definition stays the same. Yeah, I think it depends on who who says it though, right? If it was a sex worker, they were female, or it's it's like when a a bloke, a male says bitch, and it's like, oh, but you said bitch, and it's like, oh, it's so different. (laughs) But I am the bitch. I'm allowed to say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose. I mean, yeah, we should own the term. Uh, prostitute and prostitution and we should reclaim it but it's so fucking hard to do when there is so much against sex workers yeah. um yeah i've had a really good conversation with a girlfriend of mine um back to being different ethnicities um so i'm metis i'm french and native so mm-hmm. people do not look kindly on native people in canada we have a long history of hating native people and the amount of times Fuck. I will be at the club and especially when I have my long black hair, people will think mm. I'm like um, from like Colombia or something with like Latina-esque mm. and they'll take me and they'll, you know, either speak Spanish to me or they'll think I'm Persian and they'll speak Farsi to me and I'll say, you know, like, I speak French and I'm, I'm native and the amount of times I'll be like, oh, you're a fucking chug. And chug is like mm. the N-word to us. Like it's like a, it's a really racist wow. term for a native person. And I'm like... So you liked what I looked like. Like, you liked everything I had. You liked the personality. You liked the tits. You liked, you know, the look. And then as soon as you realize what kind of blood is in my veins, now you have a fucking issue with going for a dance with me. So that's one of the reasons why I knew I do I do white passing now, um, which is I know I'm a privileged person that I can take on that role of being, like, a white yeah. person and act more white. Um, but I was speaking to one of my girlfriends who's a black woman, and we were talking about um, taking on different ethnicities and if there is this kind of moral... Um, issue with that when you're kind of benefiting from an ethnicity that you're not so if I were to Mm. play up the role of being Colombian because that makes me more money am I then you know taking advantage of another group of people who are at disadvantage I also think that you're like as in that situation you're already in a vulnerable place as a sex worker Mm -hmm. so it's almost like you know you've got so many other things against you you kind of have to do whatever you can to get by right as Mm -hmm. well and like if it's gonna make your job easier if it's gonna do this for you then then it's like yeah the ethics there's like is it okay in that in that case it's a really interesting question i i I don't know if there's a i don't think there's a right answer for it either 
And I think that there's a massive divide with the answers as well, like what you should do, what you can do. Yeah. You were saying, you know, we should use prostitute and we should reclaim that. And mm-hmm. her and I, her and my, me and my girlfriend were talking about this. And we're like, I was like, you know, like I could fight every racist person that says something about natives. And I could be like, mm-hmm. well, you know, I have two degrees and I have a great family and I don't have alcohol or drugs. But like fight all these like bullshit stereotypes they have of yeah. like my community. Um, but and I was like, do you do that? Like when people think you're like, because she can kind she's. She's very dark skinned, but she could also people sometimes think she's like part Asian, and Asian obviously is very fetishized in the sex work community. So yeah. she could play up that Asian idea, and she's like, "Yeah, I, I do it because at the end of the day, like this is not worth the emotional labor, and like yeah. I'm here to make my bag, and I'm mm-hmm. already a marginalized community. Like I don't need to fight these battles. I'm here to make. I'm not going to change this man's like racist mind. I may as well take his money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I fuck with that. So I think the same yeah. thing is goes to like." Do I need to fight every, what I would call a swerf? Do I need to fight every mm-hmm. single one of them and, like, put my mental health at risk and get annoyed talking to someone for two hours? Yeah, you um, do. No, it's not my battle, right? Like, And so, like, having communities that we create ourselves, like your guys' podcast or my podcast, and people can come and learn if they want to, um, I find that's a lot better for my mental health. And then, like you're saying, Florence, like, we cultivate our own little community of like yeah. open-minded people mm-hmm. and then when you venture out you're like oh yeah people suck out there i'm gonna go back to my own team <laughs> yeah, they're all shit Fuck. out there out there yeah, yeah so it's I don't, brew out there yeah so i don't think there's any shame or anything read not battling every person that fights the word prostitute right how did you get into sex work and dancing hmm so Obviously, we have provinces in Canada. How, how far down? How far down in Canadian history do I need to go? We have provinces. It's like states, but they're called provinces for fuck knows what reason. And um, <laughs> they're like kind of lined up and on top of each other. That's how like Canada's built, right? So one over is Alberta, and in Alberta, they're called like oil rigs. Like a lot of our oil goes through Alberta, which is obviously good mm-hmm. money. It's like everyone knows oil's good money. So yeah. back like eight years ago now. Um, a partner of mine wanted to go be on the oil, and we call it oil, oil like rig pigs, what we call them. So they go and work on the oil, <laughs> and they, they make a fuck ton of money. And everyone knows mm-hmm. they make a fuck ton of money there. There's nothing to do. It's like literally butt fuck nowhere. And then you come back with a shit ton of money to like a small town, and you blow it all on cocaine and hookers, which love, <laughs> that, for, love that for me and my friends. So he went up there, and I was like, I'll move to Alberta with you because his cousin was working at the strip club that was like the only place to go in that town. It's called Fort yeah. McMurray or Fort Mac. Um, it's like an hour away from all the oil rigs and nothing else is around. So it's like the only place they come to. Wow. I was like, fuck yeah, I'll go to the strip club. And I started serving there and I got on really, really well with the dancers that were dancing. And then my boss knew that I'd competitively danced like all through growing up and got scholarships and stuff for it. So he was like, mm-hmm. if Amazing. you're comfortable dancing and you're comfortable naked and you get on with the dancers, why don't you make even more money? Um, stripping. And I was like, why don't I? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> so uh-huh. then, I, then I started dancing out there. And then when I eventually moved back here to BC, um, I just kept dancing. And then now I've danced through like Canada and, and other places. But yeah. Um, yeah. It was like, what was it like incredible. randomly? Because I obviously have never done it. What was it like the first time you got up on stage? All oh, those moons ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if anyone's listening from here, I'm 21. <laughs> Never age. Amazing. <laughs> still, in my, still in my 20s. Um, yeah. I, fuck. I mean, yeah, I grew up competitively dancing. So I'm, I'm so used to being on a stage and performing for people that mm-hmm. it almost mm-hmm. feels like riding a bike again. Like as cliche as that sounds. Like you just kind of get yeah. right back in the moves. Um, I do a lot of what we call clowning when I do stage sets. Um, because What's clowning? 
okay, so like doing like stupid jokey shit. So like oh, if yeah. I'm like mm-hmm. if I like I don't know, I'm like playing with my tits, I'll be like do like finger guns and be like pew 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 like to like, to, like the guys oh, and, then, and I'll yeah. be like come to me, like give me your money. Like stupid shit like that. Which like but I think it's because my my look is very like overly sexual look, right? Like big lashes, big boobs, big lips. Um, that like being like goofy, it makes you more like approachable, which is like a good tip for women that are on stage to be like clowning. It makes people like want to come to you more. I find it kind of oh, like I makes you tips. less. Thank you. Yeah, it makes you less like a little step. I think people are intimidated by a very strongly mm-hmm. sexual, beautiful woman. So being like yes. a little goofy, yeah, yeah it makes people want to come to your stage. Which obviously you won't feel peripheral. You won't feel spending money. Um, so yeah, I think mm. that's like where I feel most comfortable is clowning and being like jokey and goofy. So. Yeah, I just remember being on stage and just going right back into like being like a little goofy and being like cheeky and like that kind of person. Yeah, and that sounds and I so fun. My life. Yeah, I like it. Makes it a lot more fun. Yeah, it sounds. It, I mean, it, it. I can imagine the rush that you'd feel, and I mean, the cash part is something that me as a sex worker doesn't really get to handle quite a lot, and I'd love to have a go at stripping and like have the cash the physical cash like cash turns me on anyway and we're now living in a society <laughs> where everything's on like phones and taps yeah. and I never have cash unless I do maybe like a big job or I do like a foot worship session or something right. like that but that's that's few and far between these days oh my god yeah. I wonder if it will change I wonder if it will ever change where you they'll tap uh, there'll be like a little like card contactless point just by the like the edge of the stage so instead of throwing the money people will just be like just like Bloop. Dude. <laughs> but there's also something not. in the in like the the theatrics of cash 100%. because yeah. that's a, like a huge part of stripping it's it's playing around with the money and throwing it in the air and putting it in the underwear and, <laughs> and it's almost like there's there's this like whole look and culture about it which is just so good just i just want to smell does money turn you on (laughs) it's like my only turn on no uh that (laughs) that money and blood are like my only turn ons uh i i uh i joke about it all the time like i'll be like money Mm -hmm. is my foreplay like you don't even have to touch me just like (laughs) hand me money (laughs) like hand me money and i'll get what i love it yeah money oh my god like hard cash gets me so fucking horny like a good stack so horny i don't know what it is like a thick stack where does that come from that is so interesting power do you say power power. is it power yeah Yeah, it's gotta be power like fucking give me it's it's both it's like the submissive part of being paid to do something but also the dominant part of like controlling someone's paying you for something that just isn't a big deal and it's nothing and you're having an amazing time you're like you're gonna give me your fucking cash for this fuck i love my job there is this duality right where it's like it's not it's this like fun concept like you said of like being paid to do things you're like oh no like I have to do what you want <laughs> not ever like obviously. yeah like but, no I do, yeah I yeah. have that fantasy yeah. as well oh, this is okay 100%. going into dark trigger territory here so like non-consensually being paid to do something you don't want to do and it's like fuck I'm yeah. the sex worker this is again only done within the safety realms of communicating and yeah. consent consent and 100% safe words yeah but th- there's something so fucking hot yeah. about like I don't want to do it. Yeah. And, and then the, just, I got to do it. And then oh, the flip side of that shit. that turns me on is that like, I love that someone works so hard for their money because most, most squares are not oh making the God, money I yes. make, right? So you work mm-hmm. so fucking hard for it and then you're just like, 
take it. I'm like <laughs> giving it over. Yeah, that's some that's some fin dom pay pig shit there. Uh, oh like you've God. worked, you've literally worked yourself to the bone to get me money, and I'm just like taking it mm-hmm. from you so easily just with my sexuality. This yeah. oh, it's so fucking empowering. Yeah. It's not easy though, is it? Yeah. Like it's yeah. not easy. Okay, I what think part is it? Uh, saying money? easy. Super easy. <laughs> um, Super easy. <laughs> Easy is probably what I'd say for people who, um, again, sex work is a choice and it's part of their identity. So sex work is for sure part of my identity. And when I say easy, I mean, it's something that I've always dreamt of. I've always wanted to do it. It's easy for me because it's a skill that I have learned throughout my years. Not necessarily easy for someone who goes, wow, that that sounds easy. That looks easy. I want to have a go. It's like, again, you have to learn these skills and I guess we have learned them at such a young age because we had an interest in them because that was something that excited us. And it was easy because again, the things that you're passionate about, you learn skills and you pick them up easily. Yeah. It's an interesting like stereotype though, isn't it? Cause I feel mm-hmm. like people always just think, oh yeah, you know, it's so easy to be a sex worker. Yeah. Like you just yeah, get paid for doing nothing that, basically. Like, yeah. I always say like, it's fast money. It's not easy money. So what yeah. do you think is like a, a very important yeah distinction between it like yes I can make two thousand dollars in ten minutes yes mm-hmm. I mean for tax purposes I cannot <laughs> but- <laughs> whisper, whisper. Shit. I'm broke <laughs> don't tax I'm so uh, I <laughs> but um but there can be really heavy days like it's not always you walk in and you make two g's you walk out everyone was super nice to you like there is this like Mm -hmm. dark underbelly of sex work that it's not always like easy days um and i think the ones that have found it easier like reed and i from what i'm gathering um we've done a lot of labor to get to make it like easy it's like same like when people like yeah you know i've put hours and hours of whatever job they're in to make things look easy same as sex mm-hmm. work like we've done we've done the work to get to that level where it becomes easy to us but it wasn't easy getting there if that makes sense yeah 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 i mean it's also like the the money is lucrative because of the risk we put ourselves under not just like the risk physically emotionally mentally also the risk in in society in being able to you know just pay your fucking taxes or go to the police for something or um talk to your friends your family the you know when you're writing out the forms it's like what's your occupation you don't want to write sex worker in case like when i was getting a mortgage i was terrified that they were going to find out that i i was a sex worker and instantly be like no and all my shit is out there it's really obvious that I am a sex worker if you look for it I was genuinely fearful that they would be like no you're a sex worker we were going to reject you and then therefore all your other mortgage attempts are going to be even harder to get and that can happen for so many other people I'm I'm just again privileged being who I am and being able to like even just talk about it on a podcast or talk about it with my friends. But that is also the life that we've built up and the therapy Mm. that we've gone through and the people that we've kept in our inner circle or our outer circle even. Mm. You know, it it takes time to do that, to push yourself towards more sex work positive people um, and cut out the people that aren't. It's it's hard to do that, but we've we've got there and it's it's paid off. What do you guys say to people that, think oh yeah you know I think I might want to get into it what what's your like initial advice mm-hmm. do, do you want to go first <laughs> oh, these bitches no, just... <laughs> um... 
yeah. So like two like again like on the podcast, I do have a lot of like what I call baby strippers. So girls that come mm-hmm. into the industry, um, baby stripper advice, and like two of the one things is I do comment on that it's fast money, it's not easy money. So mm-hmm. um, that's important to know. Um, you know, do the emotional labor, the mental labor to get yourself where you're in a place where the nose don't hurt as much. The you know. Um, where you do have a safe community where you can call someone if you need help, like all that, all that background work you need to do to make yourself as safe as possible, um, is like fundamentally important. And then mm-hmm. also, again, I speak of the place from privilege, and I think that's extremely important to note. And I respect Reed that you acknowledge that as well. Um, but to go into sex work, already having a bit of a nest egg if possible, so that w- yeah. whatever avenue of sex work you're in you feel confident saying no to something you're not comfortable with because you know you're still going to eat tomorrow. Anyone that is self-employed or freelance, especially freelancers will get this, it's because money isn't guaranteed month by month, week by week. It is, mm-hmm. you just, you don't know if you're going to make a lot or a little or you're going to have completely quiet periods. So yeah, having a nest egg is having savings to fall back to where you can pay your bills and not have to do the shitty jobs. Holy shit. So I wanted to ask you, how do you navigate your relationships as a sex worker? Um, friends, family, partners, <laughs> romance, everything. I am such a relationship person. I was in a relationship for 12 years. And uh, mm, amazing. <laughs> this actually is the first time in a long time that I've been single in the industry. Um, but I did take Whoa. some time where my partner like was like, we were living between here and, and another place. Um, so he was like, I'll just pay you to work less. So he paid me a good monthly allowance to not really work much. Wow. Which I loved. Okay. 10 out of 10, yeah, would recommend. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> love, love that for That's me. That's kind of like, a, um, like a, a sugar baby, sugar daddy situation. Yeah. And also, we knew each other since we were like 15. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he just made really stupid good money and wanted to see me more, didn't love me stripping, and was like, I know, like, you want more time to yourself to do your schooling and stuff, so I'll pay you to not work anymore. Yeah, what like, a good oh, fucking solution. Yeah, nice. I love that solution. Um, but mm-hmm. we've not, we're not together anymore. Uh, but now mm-hmm. I'm seeing someone in the industry, which has been interesting. Yeah, that must be really different. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen women in the industry before, which is also brings its own kind of um, bag of things. <laughs> Like with any job, I swear to God, if you started dating somebody who worked in any industry, they're always going to bring home work. That's just the way it is. A, th- a thousand percent. Also, when you're with like, maybe this is just me and I'm very, very competitive to like a bad degree. So like with my female partner, <laughs> when she was in the industry, if she made like bank and it wasn't my night, I'd be like, mm. <laughs> like, or like, <laughs> no. which I mean, I, I'm like, I'm a supportive partner. A hundred percent. I love, love, love a bitch making a bag, but uh, yeah, it's kind of like harder when it's like you you can't help but do that. I guess for me, because I'm so competitive, and it's not even like in a in like with evil evil like intention. It's just like ah, oh, it's a good challenge. But yeah, hanging out with a guy in the industry has been kind of nice because they just get it. They just get all the bullshit. Like they they know it's an yeah. act. They know that no one's really a threat. Um, they'll like buy me. He bought me some outfits to wear to work, which I thought was really hot. He's nice. like, I think you look great in this. I think guys are like this. Or I'll like do like a lap dance on him and have like, oh, that move's really fucking hot. Like the guys will love that shit. Like it's just like not insecure. Um, 
That's really cool. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, which I've been enjoying. What's What's the difference between dating someone in the industry and out of it, would you say? You know, this is going to be like a very like cast over everyone and, and not fair, I'm sure to say, mm-hmm. but I don't think someone who's not in the industry will ever understand the industry truly. No matter how many books you read, yeah. no matter how many sex yeah. with your friends you have, um, I think it's just this really weird, amazing world that we live in, um, in the sex work community and the job we do. Like me and my girlfriend, we'll have these insane nights where we're experiencing things no one will ever experience. And either we're like, fuck, this is awesome. We get paid to do this, get paid to travel here. We get paid to do this. Mm-hmm. Or we'll have nights where, you know, someone's asking us to shit in their mouth and we're like, what is life? Like, how did we get here? Like this is, And like mm-hmm. that, like the a range of things, like the array of things that we experience, I don't think anyone outside of it will get. And then I also don't think many people understand the um, disassociation um, or the compartmentalization that sex workers are able to do. Mm-hmm. No matter how many times I think yeah. you tell someone that, you know, work is not a threat. I don't feel that way about them. Yes, I'm a great actress. Yes, they're falling in love with me. But I love them as a human. You know, they're no threat to our relationship. No matter how much mm. you can comfort someone like that, I don't think a non-sex worker will fully understand that ability. No, not at all. I mean, I've, I've been in a situation when I used to webcam where when I started dating someone new, they were like, yeah, not not okay with other people watching you, not okay with this. And I was kind of at a point where I was like getting a bit bored of it anyway and I kind of wanted to stop, so I did. But it kind of, I kind of, I'm annoyed of myself for kind of doing what he said. Mm. But you, you had to make the choice for your relationship at the time. Um, and you can't regret that because what like, what can you do in that situation if, if they're not cool mm. with it? You don't wanna cause a rift between you and your relationship and you do have to think about what the priority is. There's also that, yeah. that conversation around, you don't wanna upset them or do anything they don't feel comfortable with, but then you're also like having to try and find a happy balance or still be the person you wanna be. But again, you don't wanna hurt anyone maliciously, but you also wanna stick to your values and your guns. So it's, it's, it's trying to figure out what works best at that time and for you mm. and for them. It's, it's never an easy decision. Sorry, to go back to your comment about your partner, obviously I don't know your past relationship or the details about it, but um, I think it's different if someone were to enter into a relationship with you being candid about, I don't really like this and it might be a problem and you decide to go forward. I have an issue when I hear girls or men or whatever gender they identify with entering the industry and someone saying like, I'm totally cool with it. Mm -hmm. And then like a month, two months, X amount of time down the line. Now they're like, wait, you're not going to change for me? Like that's when I have an issue of like that (laughs) kind of, you know what I mean? Like that level of manipulation of like, you said you were cool. You knew what you were getting into. And that's not everything we were saying advice for new sex workers. Like there's that pro and con of telling someone early on when you're dating what you do for work because it weeds out a lot of wasted time of people that are going to have an issue with it. But you also might be alone for a lot longer because it is hard yeah. to find people who are okay with dating a sex worker unfortunately what, what if they think it's cool though and they're amazed by it and they're really positive and pro for it but as it goes on they realize they're not comfortable with it what because of like jealousy and stuff yeah it, i mean it's always down to insecurities there's, there's no other way around it a thousand percent mm-hmm. uh that's something me and my my co-host riley talk about we say everyone wants to fuck a stripper no one wants to date a stripper yeah, or marry one and it's mm-hmm. a, yeah, or bring it home to their family or have kids with them, like all this bullshit, right? Like I am very like 
there I'm big on sayings and there's a saying where it's like I know what I bring to the table so I'm okay eating alone and it's very very true where like I know what I offer in my own life to myself and to the people around me so unless you are elevating it in some way you can go and I know people think I'm harsh and people think I'm cold but it's like it's just true so if someone were to come in my life and be like oh you're so hot that you're a stripper and then oh I, I can't be cool with it anymore I'd be like okay well there's the door because I'm cool with it. You have to let them go because otherwise they're going to start destroying your confidence and the way exactly. that you do your work. Yeah. And like Reed said, like it does come down to insecurity. Mm-hmm. And do I really want a partner who's insecure with regard to our relationship? No, I don't want to waste – as long as it's nothing I've done to make you insecure, if I've done all I can to give you the comfort in this relationship knowing that you, I'm with you in whatever capacity that looks like and you still can't get past it, then I'm now wasting my time. As harsh as that yeah. sounds, like, mm-hmm. um, and I don't want an insecure partner. Also, someone who's going to have an issue with sex work, fundamentally, we're probably going to ha- have a lot of differing views on a lot of different things. Yeah. Like, our view of the world is going to be vastly different. So that will probably just be the tip of the iceberg for all the other mm. issues we're going to have in the future. Yeah, yeah. About, like, women, about race, about exactly. everything that's important. And they yeah. they either won't know or don't understand and won't learn yeah. or – yeah, it's all of their like assumptions and yeah, that's tough. That is really tough. So the podcast that you do, what what is it what is it about? Please tell us more. Yeah, so I it started as yes, yeah, specifically sex work related because I wanted a safe space for sex workers to just come and shoot the shit and share their stories. I was so sick of, you know, media and news and TV shows with these um, outdated rhetorics of what sex work was or what sex workers was were. And I was like, you know what? Even if, like, one person listens to this and it changed their perspective of what a sex worker really is, like, job well done. Love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I just started, like, I started with just, like, my close friends who were sex workers who felt comfortable either – they could be anonymous on it as well, but coming on and kind of sharing their stories and showing that they're real fucking humans – Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it kind of branched out where people from the States would contact me, like, can I come on? And then people from, like, Europe and, like, every, just everywhere. And it, it really, like, blew up, which was awesome. It was really cool to connect with, like, all these different people. And then I had a lot of, like, squares messaging me, being like, this is news <laughs> to me. I never knew this. Um, wow, I've learned so yeah. much, which was really rewarding. And then I was contacted by um, a person who was born a male. And they were saying, you know, I've been wanting this my whole life to transition and I've listened to your podcast and it's starting to help me have conversations with my wife about this transition. Wow. So it's been cool because wow. I've been with him his entire like transition. And one of the first times he presented as a female, we went for coffee. And he's like, will you be there when I do? I was like, of course I will. And I'll fight anyone who looks at you wrong. <laughs> I'll have your back. I'm, I'm scrappy. So um, yeah. that was that was really cool. It's really, really awesome. And then so now I've had a few transgender individuals comes on and explain their stories. One came on with their daughter um, who explained how it was having their dad transition which is a really cool story, not one we get to hear very often. Incredible, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so there's been a lot of rewarding, or people that are going into polyamorous relationships and how they've navigated that, um, which mm. I think is becoming more and more, not necessarily popular, because I think it's always been something people wanted, and I think it's very much more of our uh, natural instinct to be polyamorous, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, but, I think society's um, changing. It's, it's seen as yeah. less taboo and less like, yeah. um, you're going against God himself. Um, there's a lot of... I think a lot of people are just warming up to the idea more and seeing it as more of a a long-term thing for their relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, you know, I've always preferred Satan, but 
yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm saying God in general, you know, as, as to why a lot of us are, uh, as to why a lot of us are monogamous is through religion. And I mean, as yeah. animals, if we take, take away religion completely as mm. animals, we are polyamorous. Like the whole point of our existence is to fuck and spread our seed and create more of us yeah so it makes no sense being in you know years and years married really we want to just pop out loads of kids which is obviously terrible for the fucking planet so don't do that either (laughs) (laughs) fuck we can't win but it's basically so it's so amazing though doing your podcast i think it's so important to open up these conversations which kind of got flagged to us recently by an interview that reed was in where she had to talk to someone that was anti-sex worker and it kind of really makes you realize that we do really live in a bubble when it comes to everything sort of sex work positivity and stuff and by putting stuff out there like opening up the conversation you're you are reaching that like one person at a time and if that one person then understands and learns and like gains all that knowledge and they can pass it on and so well done for doing what you do because yeah i think it's so so important that's hot I want to slip in like a fun question. <laughs> we we ask all our guests their fuck off story, which is basically like your party trick, but in a sex story. So something kind of mad that's happened to you. What do you think yours is? Yeah, I mean, I do dom work, right? So I do a lot of stuff that people oh. would probably be like, that's fucked. And I'm like, I love it. Love that for me. Love it for them. Love it for everyone involved. <laughs> and one of like the stories that people are always like, what? Is I have a client who loves anything golden. Um, so for people that don't know what that is, it's like anything with urine, right? So mm. like pee on him, um, I'll pee in a cup and he'll drink it, like all that stuff. And then, oh. um, yeah, he really wanted me to like piss on his face. But I get really weird um, performance anxiety yes. for some reason with pee with stuff. Piss, I just sure. don't know why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I, can, I can go pee in the cup and then hand it to you. Like that's like a way I've like, you know, cheated the system. Mm-hmm. But he wants like inaction, like live, live pee. <laughs> so um, I, I say I import my gold. Or like I bring someone else in to do it for me. Nice. <laughs> and, and so I brought a, a girlfriend of mine. And I was like, "Can you piss on him?" And I'll I'll stand there so it's still like I'm involved for his sake or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But she's like really good on up on her vitamins. Uh, so her pee was really really strong. Wow. And I'm like I'm like a, I have like a hound's nose, and I like was like in the room. And I was like. Gagging, I just started yeah. vomiting everywhere. You were being vomiting sick. Every- <gasps> Fucking oh. hell. That's hilarious. Were you laughing at the I was same like, time? Fuck me. <laughs> oh. Well, I wanted to gauge his reaction, right? Because you never want someone to think you're like sick on that. And like, you're like, ooh, what are you doing? Like, you mm-hmm. know, like, I'm not judging you. I just like couldn't handle the smell. Oh my God, it was so funny. I just threw up everywhere. And I was like, <laughs> and he's like, are you? Th-? I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. Carry on. <laughs> It was so fucked up, but it was 100% just a scent. Like I'm very like a scent person. I have like literally a dog's nose. It's crazy. I did this the exact Um, same thing with my uh, with my good sex worker best friends, and we just like we did a cam show and we were pissing on each other in the bath. And right. I was making her gag. She was like gagging so hard. And then we just couldn't stop laughing while she was Fuck. gagging. We were like splashing around in our piss while she was like oh trying so hard not Love to be it. sick. It's the funniest fucking thing, man. Like those those are the moments that make you, sick. you know? Right? hundred percent. And like, we just, we've, yeah. I've been like my best friend who I did that. I do the, my podcast with. We, the shit we've seen and done 
there's so many times in the middle of something we'll just stop and like make eye contact and be like what is life like that's our saying each other, like, what the fuck is life like what the fuck are we doing like how do we get here like oh my god good, the good the bad and the ugly I swear like it's wild but we have oh a saying god. where um we've been through like you know like the saying like hell and high water yeah hell and high mm-hmm. water so now when things are like insane wild or like fucked up, we'll be like, hell waters, baby. <laughs> like it's like our phrase to each other. I'd be like, yeah, we're fucking in it. Let's do this. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, and no, I've definitely, there's definitely been some stories that like, which funny enough, like I don't blink at them. I'm like, oh, whatever. All, all on a Tuesday. Yeah. And then I will be like, what the fuck? And yeah. I'm like, oh, is that a what the fuck? Oh, okay. That's a what the fuck. She had me clitnotized. Oh my goodness, Danica, you have been incredible and so enlightening and empowering. And I feel like, like I feel really proud and positive to be a sex worker. Just need to, t- we just yeah. need to talk to more sex workers. If you're a sex worker, you just feel so Literally. like, fuck yeah, I do love my job. It's everyone else that has a yeah. fucking problem with it. It can feel yeah, so fucking lonely. Sucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. lonely, exactly. I need to, I don't know, do some mm-hmm. shit in London and find the sex worker community and, I don't know, just be badasses together. I just, yeah. If I ever come over to your side, <gasps> we should come say hi. We should come say hi. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yes. Vancouver's fucking beautiful. It's great out here. You'd love it. So where can our curious fuckers find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at 50 plus a tip, which is five zero plus a tip. Um, you can email me 50 plus a tip at gmail.com. I'm on Patreon too, 50 plus a tip. Um, I have a personal IG, but please don't request it because I won't accept you. <laughs> <laughs> don't make it weird, like, okay? <laughs> yeah. Fair. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. Yes, you've been amazing. Yeah, and I hope fun. you have a wonderful rest of your day. Um, curious fuckers, I ho- we hope that you've loved this episode. We have. Yeah. It's been really exciting and enlightening, I feel like. Fuck yeah, so happy yeah, to be Yeah, please share it around with all your friends, your family, your mom, your dad. I feel like everyone needs to. Maybe even your ga- <laughs> grandma. Oh, gra- grandma. Get the GMAs in there, GPAs. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you can keep up to date with everything we're doing on our Instagram, at ComeCurious, as well as our personal mm. accounts, ReadAmberX and Florence Bark. Oh, yeah. And you will hear us next Thursday. See you then, Curious Fuckers. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch, involved in a then-unheard-of secret organisation called the Illuminati, and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.